Everybody, how you doing? We are really glad you guys are here uh, to worship uh, with us uh, this morning. Uh, we are continuing a message series that we launched uh, last week on Easter uh, called Questions uh, for Jesus. And in this series, uh, like the title says, uh, we are actually asking some questions and really looking at what Jesus has said in the scriptures as he's answered uh, the different questions that have existed. And these questions are questions that are, are serious in nature for the most part. Uh, they are questions that you probably have thought of and they're questions that people have maybe asked of you. Um, and so they're not necessarily foreign, but they are questions that kind of have more of a serious tone uh, to them. Uh, before I was a pastor, I was a elementary school teacher. I taught fourth grade and I uh, really enjoyed that. And um, I had a variety of questions that I was asked each day as a fourth grade teacher. Um, when is it recess? Every day I was asked that. Uh, can I go to the bathroom? And it was always after recess that they asked that. No, you cannot. That's what recess is for. Mr. Bear. Okay, I'm having flashbacks. Sorry. Um, also questions like, how, how come? Like, did you teach something? How, how come? Why is that? And a lot of just trying to make connections between ideas. And that's part of education is we have questions and we should get answers. Well, the same is true in life. And when I kind of retired from teaching after two years, I became a pastor. And the questions are, are still the same, but I don't get like recess questions as much. Maybe like what time are you going to be done uh, speaking so we can go to lunch, which is like the adult version of recess. But uh, there's more serious questions. A lot of it's, um, you know, I'm, Am I going to be okay? Is God going to take care of me? Uh, that's a common question. Um, how, do, how do I love the people around me? Uh, is, is this Christianity thing for real? Can Jesus be, be trusted? And the thing about life is, is we're actually complex people. And we're born that way. And there's a sense in which we all have questions. We all have things that we're trying to wrestle with and grapple with. And this series is really about being able to ask those questions, but not really just leave it out in the open and just say, well, some questions can't be answered, but actually look at what does Jesus say specifically to some of these questions? And what do the scriptures say and how can that provide clarity? And so last week we talked about on Easter, where really most of the world, they, they celebrate something related to Christianity or something related to Jesus, whether and people have different ideas about what that means. But we looked at the question of what, what makes Jesus unique. Why is he a big deal throughout the world where billions of people follow him? And what makes him special? How does he just compare to just a great moral teacher? And so we looked at his credentials. We looked at what he did. We looked at what he said. And this morning we're continuing, but really looking at a question of why is Christianity so exclusive? And if you're new to Christianity and investigating, you, you may have that thought or you kind of heard, is Jesus the only way? Is that really true? Or is it kind of like we all can choose our own path and eventually we get there. We all kind of arrive at the same point. But there's a question that people always have and it's this idea of what makes Christianity exclusive or why is it exclusive? And... Is that right? And so 
really what this question is dealing with is how can you know the right way? I don't know if you've asked that before, but how can you know that Jesus is the right way? And did he say he's the right way? And are there other ways besides him? And this is one of those common questions. And just like all questions, we really do want answers. But this is one of those areas where you actually have to investigate. And each of us can't just necessarily believe what somebody tells us. We have to investigate it for ourselves. And so this series is really an opportunity for us to talk about some things, but also to give you some tools and some resources so you can explore it and investigate more on your own. So today's message is why, why so exclusive? Why does it seem like Christianity again and again kind of says that it's the path to God or it's the path to eternal life? And so this is one of the things that, that we're going to wrestle with uh, this morning. Uh, when I was in college, I had to investigate this myself. I was kind of hit with this idea of uh, the pluralism of religions and how can you just explore a bunch of different religions and in the end they just get you to the same place. And I had to investigate that myself. Because it was one of those that was out there. It was a question that people raised. And so I had to kind of figure out my answers and I was able to draw some conclusions. And so our, our really hope in this series is that you can draw some conclusions as well and you won't just feel left out to dry trying to figure things out. And so we want to come alongside you to do that. Now, part of as we talk about the exclusivity of following Jesus Christ, there's a little bit, I'm just going to just put it out there. There's a little bit where we kind of feel uncomfortable. Okay. There's part of us that we don't really kind of our normal feeling is to say like, this is the right way and this is the wrong way. Right. Because we like freedom. We do. That's one of our high values and freedom is a good thing. But sometimes what happens is we talk about things in life, especially the really important kind of life-giving, like you've got to nail this stuff down. We're, we're hesitant to say what is right or wrong. It's something that we've maybe grown up with. We've kind of heard the idea people can believe what they want to believe. You know what's great about that idea? That's so true. People can believe what they're going to believe. And this idea of freedom is true as well. Every one of us here today has the freedom to decide what we want to do with our life. Right? You can decide as soon as the service wraps up what you're going to do for the rest of your day. No one can necessarily force you to do that. And the same is true with the bigger kind of issues of life, like morality, what's right or wrong. We can each choose freedom to decide what's right and what's wrong. We can. But like anything, with freedom, there's consequences that come from that. So whatever we choose... There's some impacts from those choices. To illustrate this, I went paintballing yesterday. And I'm an old guy. And you get hit with paintballs and they hurt. I don't know if you've ever been paintballing before. But there's a freedom that I felt yesterday because I had a gun and a mask and I had paint. And I was ready to use it against my enemies, the people on the other team. But I had complete freedom to stick my head up and just look at everyone and try to shoot them, right? But you know what about my freedom? As soon as I stick my head up, you know what else can happen? I can get shot. And so I can use my freedom, but in the end, I can also experience pain. And in one situation, I thought I had just this awesome position. I had this angle, and I was just searching, and I just, you know, I was, I was in the moment, you know? 
Guys, you know what I'm saying. Girls, you're like, what is he talking about? Just, I was feeling it. Like, I was just like suppressing fire, you know, just every like warm movie's coming to me, like what I need to say and cover me. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but this isn't even right. What, I'm going to get shot. And that's what happened. So I'm here and I think I have the angle on a guy and all of a sudden, and he just gets me right here. Now, if this was like a men's retreat, I would show you the welt. But since it's not and we're mixed company, I won't. But I have this huge welt right here. And so I had the freedom to hide where I was, and I'm hunting. And all of a sudden, the hunter became the hunted, and I got lit up. I did. Well, who chose that spot? Me. I chose it. And I reaped it. What I chose, I got shot up, and I was out of the game. The same is true in in life. There's part of us, we talk about kind of the right way or the wrong way. We're hesitant to say what's right and wrong. And no one can force you to do anything. That's true. But there are consequences to every choice. And so part of what happens is we talk about Christianity and it being exclusive. There's kind of a sense in which people, and some of us, this is inside of us too, where we kind of just want to say, well, yeah, you can choose your way. I'll choose my way. But if everyone's right, does it all work? If everyone is right. And so what we're going to talk about today, since this is questions for Jesus, we're actually going to allow Jesus to answer about the right way. Like, how do you get to God? And what did he say? And how did he draw the line in the sand, so to say? Okay, so we're going to look at a a passage of Scripture where he describes the path to finding God. And really, he's describing the path to eternal life. Okay, and really, that's kind of the, the, the point of the religions of the world, and as people kind of look for like a higher power, they kind of ask questions about what's out there and is there a God. A lot of the time, the question behind that is, what happens after I die? That's the question. What happens after I'm here, but then I die? What, what happens after that? And this concept of eternal life, people question that as well. Does that really exist or does it not? We're not going to talk about it today, but there's a sense of what happens after this. And is there something that can make this better? And so people had the same questions for Jesus when he was alive. So there's a passage of scripture that I want to look at. But what did Jesus say about the way to get to God? About the way to experience eternal life? So I just want to walk through that. This is what he said in John 14. These are two his followers. These are people that have spent time with him. They've been learning from him. They've been asking questions to him. And here's some thoughts he gave them. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. They were kind of feeling just the pressure of following him. You know, people were kind of coming against them. People were questioning, you guys seem kind of shady. What are you guys all about? And he could sense that they they were stressed out. They were part of something that they weren't sure what they were getting into. And so he just kind of chooses to relate to them in a personal way. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, He's talking about heaven. Uh, There are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So what he's saying is heaven, what exists after being here, there's room for you. And in fact, I am going to be going there. And so he's, again, kind of predicting that 
He's going to die. We talked about that last week. So he's just letting them know, I'm here, but I won't be here. I'm going to be going to heaven. But I'm going to return. And I'm going to bring back all those that follow me. So he's making some bold statements about eternity. He's making some bold statements about, again, his relationship with God. And then he, then he goes on. And you know the way to where I'm going. So he's just kind of telling him, this is what I've been talking to you about. This is what we've been just talking about again and again through different analogies. And I've been explaining the kingdom of God. And I've been explaining why I'm here. And he's just saying, I know there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of unknown. And there's lots of things that people are saying about me. But this is the truth. This is what I've been saying. This is the life that, that I've lived. And then he goes on. But before that, one of his followers, who represents really us, has a question. And it's great, just Jesus' response. It says, Thomas said to him, now Thomas is also known as like doubting Thomas. It's the same guy that after Jesus came back from the dead, Thomas was like, I, there's no way somebody could rise from the dead. No way he could raise himself. So unless I see the holes in his hands and the holes in his ankles, like, there's no way. And so he became known as Downing Thomas. You ever thought about, like, the reputation that he had because of that? It's just, just a question. Like, I can relate to that. I'd have the same way. Because he asked the question, like, his whole name changed. He's a doubter. It's like, you know, he kind of gets a bad rap, cause, but it does represent a lot of us like, yeah, I don't know. Believe it when I see it. And then Jesus came and showed him the hands. And he believed it. Because he saw it. This is one of the questions Thomas had before that. He says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? He's just kind of cutting through the chase. He's like, Jesus, you know, you've been talking about a lot of things. And some of it I've understood. And I've seen a lot of crazy things. And some of that I've understood. And some of it I'm just confused on. So I'm just going to ask the question everyone's asking, but everyone's too scared to ask. What are you talking about? What are you saying? I have no idea what you're saying. He's just being honest. Jesus, you seem to have answers. So here's my question. Where are you going? Because if you're preparing a place, like I don't know where that is. And so he's, he's just showing his struggle to understand. And I can, I can relate to that. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is one of the most specific descriptions that Jesus ever gave any of his followers. And he decided, he's given a lot of analogies in his teaching. He gave a lot of stories. He wanted them to connect dots. He wanted them to kind of understand the bigger picture. But Thomas which really represents all of us, just said, Jesus, I need the cliff notes. I need it spelled out. And so Jesus, in his compassion, described it. I am the way. Many of you want to know the way. I am the way. That's what he's saying. I am the way. Not only am I the way, but I'm the truth. What I've been speaking is the truth. And I am the life. If you come my way, and if you believe what I've said, you will receive life. And he's talking about this eternal life. He's also talking about this life that you can actually experience new here on this earth. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So it begs the question, what did Jesus say? And right there in verse 6, in verse 7, he describes it. Jesus said he was the only way to God. This is why when we look at Jesus, it's very important where you have to kind of get to the point where do you believe what Jesus said? Because you can't really be a Christian but not believe Jesus is who he said he was. So you have to really believe his identity. You have to believe his teachings. And not only do you have to believe it, you have to follow what he has said. So the idea of is Jesus unique? And is he God like he claimed? And today, like we talk about, does he know the way to eternal life? And so when this thing of like exclusivity comes up, this isn't a man-generated idea. It's not a secret club that kind of a group got together and said, let's just form this religion that only a few can be a part of. Instead, it actually flows from Jesus himself. And it's not out of making a secret club. It's actually providing clarity to all who may believe. So the line was drawn, but it was really so people know this is the way. It's kind of like in directions. And I know I've shared many times how I'm like terrible with directions. It's true. Like I can go away six times in the same way. The seventh time, I'm not sure where to go. And it's like, it's, it's really a deficiency. And, like, I don't say it to be funny. Like, it's real. Like, I can get out of here if I just look at the doors. But if you turn me around, spin me around, blindfold me, I'm not sure. Okay, now I'm being silly. Okay? But there's a sense in which I, I appreciate directions because I know the way. But as soon as somebody says... There are many options. There's different ways. Like you can go to LAX. You can get to the 105 through many freeways. I'm like, I don't want many freeways. I want the one way because I want to know how to get there. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you want to know the way. Here it is. And so in that statement that he makes, when he connects the dots, this idea of the way, the truth, and the life, That is really this loving description and statement from a loving God to anyone who would listen. You want direction, you can have it. It's through Jesus. You want truth, you want to know right from wrong, you can have it. It's through what Jesus said. And you want life? You want life that's good here and now, and you want eternal life? And being with God forever, you can have that. So at the core, he's answering really our deepest needs in that statement. And it's like the very opposite of exclusive. It's actually life-giving. It's hopeful. It's clear. It's not ambiguous. It's not, well, like, what does he mean by the way? Or, well, what's the truth? Or, well, life? 
He didn't really leave like any options. It's not a way or a piece of a truth or kind of life. No, it's, this is it. This is the way. And so Jesus himself made this just very clear. If you've ever had a, um, a newborn baby, you, you, know, you have them in the hospital for the most part, and they always do the, the jaundice screening for each baby. And babies have to pass the screen before they can go home because jaundice is a really bad thing for a baby. And so they put them under the lights if they have it, and they make sure before they go home that the baby's cleared. That's for the overall health of the baby. And so they, they have this down. This is how you cure jaundice. It's like the yellow skin. This is, you put the baby under this light. You check all the vitals. You make sure everything's okay, the levels, and then they can be released. But could you imagine if you, you have a newborn and they say, well, here's what we're going to do to cure jaundice. This is how it works. We're going to check the levels. We're going to put them under these lights to make sure it's okay. And then you, they'll get released. What if I just said, ah, no, 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 no. That's not how you cure jaundice. I have a new remedy. And you just kind of ignore what the doctor says and you go home. And maybe you set up your own little lamps in your own little house. And you try to figure it out. We, we don't do that. If a doctor kind of says this is the way it's done and it's proven, then, you know, you look at, the research, and you kind of decide to yourself, well, this is how they cure jaundice, and this works, and babies are healthy. It's the same with this. Jesus is saying, I have authority. God gave it to me. I'm his son. He sent me here. And he sent me here to make this statement to you. And he sent me here to die on the cross to save you from your sin so that you can actually see that I am the way, that I am the truth, that I am the life. So there's another part of this. This is all what Jesus said, and again, a lot hangs on the balance of our view of Jesus. But then there's another thing. What did his followers say? about the way to God. They'd been following Jesus and they had lots of questions and they were like, a lot like Thomas trying to figure it out. They were confused a lot of the time. But if you look at his followers, what did they do after he ascended to heaven? Because once Jesus rose from the dead, he hung out with his followers and the different people and many saw him and were amazed. He was dead. We saw it. He was put in a tomb. We saw it. A stone was rolled in front of it. We saw it. And then three days later, we now see him. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But that's kind of crazy. And so I don't know exactly what was going on at that time, but I know Jesus appeared to a lot of people. Could you imagine just like, is that, is that Jesus? Is that Jesus from Nazareth? That, he's a lot. Could you imagine like a kid like walking along the street and sees Jesus and then goes back to his mom and is like, I just saw Jesus, the the guy who got killed on the cross. And the mom's like, Dad, don't be silly, son. Washing dishes. <laughs> don't be crazy. Could you imagine that there's the fanfare at the time? But he came back and then he ascended into heaven. He was here no more. People could no longer see him. 
So his followers could no longer see him, which meant they were no longer hanging out with him. And they could really choose to do whatever they want. I was thinking about this. It's almost striking for what his followers said. And this is what they said in Acts 4.12. They said the same thing. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I'm thinking to myself, that's the point in which you just bail. Jesus is no longer there. The pressure is mounting because people were really concerned about this new movement of Christianity. These little Christs, people that were teaching what he taught and trying to do what they what he did. And there was all sorts of nervousness and there was persecution and there was pressure. And so if you were a Christ follower, you had a label. And the the actual term Christian was derogatory at the time. You actually didn't want to be a Christian. They're basically saying that's like a little Jesus. You seen the little Jesus over here? And so they had they had a choice. Were they going to continue in light of persecution, in light of pressure, in light of being misunderstood? But instead of turning away, many, many were killed for the statements like this that they made. And they proclaimed this boldly. They're saying it. We agree. There is no other way to salvation except through Jesus himself. So what Jesus said in that passage in John and what they proclaimed here, that's a lot of evidence to something that people held very serious. They were willing to die for this truth. Now, there's a lot of people that wrestle with this idea, well, isn't kind of religion or Christianity specifically like a psychological experience? Like maybe a crutch for which you can get through life. And people look at kind of believing in a higher being as something that just allows you to kind of overcome maybe some things that you face. And it's like a secret just or a special pill that you take. And it's, it's just experiential. Okay. And there's a lot of questions related to that. But as you look at the scripture and the historical accounts, what you see is there's so much more than it just being an experience. It's actually based on a historical person in Jesus Christ, based on real events that happened in history, that there's evidence for and that have been proven years and years and years since. So Christianity is faith-based. Where they're saying, I, this is what I believe. I believe this. But it's not just out of this, this psychological experience. I believe it based on the statements that Jesus made. I believe it based on the things that Jesus did. I believe it based on my own experience as I have decided that this is right. And this is what Jesus said. What has happened to my life from doing that? There's all sorts of things that are actual, not just experiential, but that can be studied. And I just want to spend the rest of the time talking about some kind of major ideas that allow this to move just beyond kind of experience, but actually uh, truth, just like Jesus said. And Jesus' life and teaching, he put Christianity in the realm of truth over experience. And that's a real important point. 
Because to be a Christian means that it's not just an experience where I choose what I want to experience and you choose what you want to experience. And in the end, we've all had good experiences. Jesus actually didn't give us that choice. So to beg the question, is Christianity exclusive? The answer is yes. The reason is, is because Jesus said it was. Because if he says he is the way, the truth, and the life, then we have to choose loyalty to him. Because to be a Christian means you follow Jesus. And if Jesus drew the line and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, we have to take him at his word. So it's not about an experience. It's actually about loyalty to the leader that we follow. And so the exclusivity of Christianity is based on what Jesus said. He said, I am salvation. So we have to believe that salvation is, is found in him and him alone. Now, there's other religions and it's, they have different kind of descriptions of, of how to reach God. And for many of us, we, you may have grown up with this idea of like salvation is like a mountain and there's the peak at the top, but there's a lot of paths that get you to the top and you just choose your own path. And as long as you make it to the top, you've reached the peak. But see that there's, there's actually more to that. And you can kind of see a summary based on the story of the prodigal son. In the, the New Testament account of the prodigal son, as Jesus described it, there's the son that comes home, and he basically had left his family, and he'd rebelled. And his father received him and welcomed him into the family, and there was nothing that he needed to do other than to show back up, and he was accepted with open arms from his father. In the other world religions, they also have their version of the prodigal son, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, the Buddhist prodigal son story. Uh, in the Buddhist story, the son has to work off the penalty by spending years and years in servitude. That's how you earn your way back, years and years in servitude. In Jesus' story, like I said, the loving father accepts the son. And so that's a key difference. There's an idea that in Christianity, because Jesus drew the line and he said, this is the way, we get to the point where we realize there's nothing I can do to earn it because it goes through Jesus himself. And so there's a few things that make Christianity different than the other world religions that exist. And we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this or we'd be here till Tuesday. And frankly, we're all wondering when recess is, right? But Christianity is different. For a lot of the reasons that I've already said, but here's kind of four major ways. First thing is we believe in a triune God and there's a chart. Actually, if you open your program, there's a chart and this is for your own reference. There's a chart on the front side that has the different ideas about Christianity versus other religions. And then on the back side, there's some resources where you can research some things on your own. I, I encourage you to do that. Some helpful books. But what. Christianity says about God and who he is, is is very different. Now, in all the world religions, there's a sense of this moral code and the golden rule. But in those things on the chart, you can see a lot of the differences, specifically what God himself says. Uh, two, historical root and validation. Uh, there are events in both the Old and New Testaments that can be investigated and validated. And other world religions don't have events that can be validated in the same way. Uh, third, 
uh, there's a resurrected leader uh, with historical testimony. No other world religion has a leader that died and rose again. So have you ever wondered, like, why is Easter such a big deal? That's why. Because it's a celebration that there's only one that's ever done that, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's why we celebrate that, because in him is the way and the truth and the life. That's what Easter is about. And then fourth, here's another major difference. Human humility. Man actually can't fix his situation. Uh, God did. And I was thinking about this. All the other leaders of the major world religions say, follow me. And I will show you the way to salvation. Do these things, believe these teachings, and you will find the way to salvation. Jesus said, follow me. I am salvation. It's very different. Again, clarity, direction, life. I am the way. Salvation is here. So again, I encourage you, you can investigate this yourself. And if you have questions, we would love to help you with these. But really, if you've been investigating Christianity, this just may be one of those areas where you're just wrestling with. How can this claim, how can this, these claims be just true? And, and how can it kind of be so adamant that this is, this is the one path? Again, this is what Jesus said. And so you have to wrestle with who Jesus is. Does he have authority? Can he be trusted? And here at Church in the Valley, we, we want to help you with that. And there's so many people that have decided, based on their evidence that they've researched and based on the things that they've experienced as well, they've decided that they want to take Jesus at his word. So if you're trying to figure out how to do that yourself, we would love to help you. Now, there's another segment of us in here where we still find it difficult to state things as clearly as Jesus did. But when I think about what Jesus said as the way, the truth, and the life, this is where Christianity has hope that people desperately long for. Again, we want clarity. We all want life. We want direction. We want a sense in which we know the way to go and the decisions to make. And Jesus came to show us you follow him. And you do what he said. And so if you're a Christ follower today, you have what people need. And here's the great thing about it. It's like Barry mentioned about when you become a member, you you join the team. And Christianity actually isn't about a country club where you have to earn your membership. You have to do certain things and say certain things and then you're allowed in the club. It's actually your membership to be a Christian has already been paid for through Jesus. So it's actually the opposite of exclusive when it comes down to it because Jesus came so all may know him. Jesus came so they would all know the way. Jesus came so people would know the truth. And Jesus came so people would have life. So when I think about my own life and the opportunity that I have to share, it's not based on just some ideas I have. It's based on the fact that Jesus gave his life up that people would know that this is true. 
And people would know they don't have to earn it. They can actually follow him. And he has saved us from ourselves and from the sin that we've all committed. So just that idea of as you investigate and you get answers, you have to take steps to move forward. But as you get your answers and you trust that Jesus is the right way and you decide to follow him, you now have a message that needs to be shared. Because again, what we're saying is this is it. This is the way to go. And you have freedom. But in your freedom, we all have choices. And we all bear with the consequences of them. So we want this message to be proclaimed because of the hope for all the nations on the earth. So I I know I believe that, and there's many here that believe that this morning. And no one can force you to believe that. But in this, there is so much hope if you believe what Jesus said and you believe he is who he said he was. So I just want to encourage you to, to wrestle with that, get some questions answered that you need to. And maybe even for some of us, it's, you know, I need, I need to share this. Jesus said it. And if it's true, this is exactly what people want. And this is exactly what people need in their life. So as I wrap up, uh, Barry had you fill out a connection card. Go ahead and pull that out. And finish filling that out if you've not. The band's going to come up and lead us in another song. But there's some uh, next steps that you can take today. And that sheet that we gave you, uh, that additional resource, I encourage you, you can just look through that. And then there's some resources on the back. If you're just interested in kind of getting more answers or just kind of becoming more familiar, I I encourage you to to look at those resources on the back side. Um, Those can give you just some really good uh, information. A second, if, if you've just kind of been thinking about this message, you believe this message, maybe you just need to pray for, for boldness to share it and compassion to explain why you follow Jesus. And so I, I encourage you to do that. And then that third one, it's blank. That's called choose your own next step. And so I encourage you to do that. Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we thank you for Jesus and for the clarity that he provided. And we didn't come up with this idea of knowing the way or the truth of the life. It was actually out of your love for us that you gave direction. And it's out of your love for us that you gave Jesus And Jesus is really the representation of your heart for us. Because in him, we find you. And through him, we find you. And I thank you for your salvation. And I just pray for anyone here today that is really trying to figure out their life and direction. And kind of the answers to these big questions. God, will you you show yourself to them? And in the midst of maybe confusion or doubt or even apathy, uh, will you make yourself known? We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.